Blog Talk Radio. We are back with another edition of the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Wire Media Network, where we shine a light on issues impacting the urban community. Now, I know it's been a while since we've been on air. You know, it's just been a lot of stuff going on this year. But, you know, I can't complain in the midst of everything that's going on. You know, I'm just grateful that, you know, um, things are going as well as they are for me personally, you know, um, you know, I look at so many people um, that are going through it right now. This whole entire pandemic has sweeped the globe, and I'm just grateful that, you know, I'm in perfect health. You know, I still have a job. You know, a family doing well, and I just, I'm just grateful on this Easter Sunday. You know, today's my birthday as well, and you know. At first, I had, like, this whole thing where, you know, I had a party, you know, so, you know, I can't do anything, can't really celebrate how I want to, but I look at how far God has brought me and uh, how blessed I am truly am because there's a lot of people that are up in the uh, hospitals now. There are, there are a lot of people that are uh, financially ruined right now because of this pandemic. Well, I just think sometimes we need to just be thankful um, for just the things that we have, you know what I'm saying? And we need to uh, be respectful t- to everyone around us with everything that's going on. Um, we, we really need to take this pandemic seriously. We need to not only worry about our health, but we have to worry about the health of other people as well. So, um, just want to get some housekeeping things out of the way before we get started. Um, first of all, we are still doing the T podcast. Um, we're going to be on hiatus right now. I'm just going to rearrange some things. I got some personal things that I'm doing right now. And, um, you know, I'm going to be moving here in um, the next month. So I've um, got a lot of stuff to do. And we'll be resuming the T podcast. Uh, in the, in the future, so be on the lookout for that. And also, um, for those of you that want to support the show or you want to send some birthday love, you can cash at me or cash at us at um, dollar sign Urban Wire. That's U R B A N W I R E, and just show us love and follow us on Facebook. We have a group page where um, it goes down. For sure. So, uh, yeah, we post articles. People can share things. I will let you guys know if you're going to grow to join that group. Um, I'm going to need you guys not to spam that group because I am getting to the point to where I'm about to kick a few people out. And I don't mean to be nasty, but with everything that's going on, we, we're trying to use this platform as an educational platform, not to promote uh, Pookie Nene's you know, rap career or whatever. So if you're going to post in there, make sure it's relevant to the uh, conversation that we're having and something that can be beneficial to the group. So that's all I'm asking 
you, if you're going to join the group, um, we, we're not going to have any negativity. You can look us up under the Urban Wire Media Network. That's an official page, and there's a group page. The group page is where I put all the updates of the show and everything else on there. So with that being said, um, we, we do have a couple callers that are going to be calling in tonight. Um, I have my uh, cousin, Aisha. She's calling in, and I'm going to go to the phone lines here shortly. And whoever else call, wants to call in, you know, uh, I'm going to put the number out here for, for those that want to call in. That number is 516-595-8150. And I'm going to put that in Facebook chat. So for those who want to call in, feel free to do so. Once again, that number is 516-595-8150. So I'm going to put that in the comments really quick. Yep. And we'll get started with the show. Now, we're going to run down the list of what we're going to be discussing tonight. Um, a jam show, and I want to get through everything tonight. And um, we're going to go to the lines here shortly. Um, the first thing we're going to talk about is a tragic story that took place here in Indianapolis involving an IMPD officer. Brian Leaf, that's 24 years old. She was tragically uh, killed um, while in the line of duty. And we're going to also discuss the entire Lifetime uh, movie that outlined the Clark sisters. Now, many of you know these sisters. Um, they're, they're the official first ladies of gospel. That's what people refer to them as. And a lot of people in the pop um, industry, R&B, just all kind of fingers idolize and, and they look up to these people. Um, they have been a mentor to a lot of people, um, artists over the years. We're going to be talking about pastors out here gooping the saints, getting over on the saints. They're using this coronavirus um, as a way to come up. So we're going to be talking about that. And some of the pastors we're going to be talking about is Juanita Bynum, Mar Bryant, Kenneth Copeland, and Paula White. So y'all definitely want to stay tuned for that. Because we're going to be talking about what's going on in the church, not church, but the church, because these people are trying to get over and goop the people. So in addition to that, I want to talk about um, the coronavirus. Of course, that's that's one of the main topics that's going on right now in the news, in the media, and as it pertains to staying your ass at home. Stay your ass at home. We're going to talk about what you need to do to maintain your personal health, your family's health, and um, the general public's health. Because a lot of people are out here doing things they ain't got no business doing, and they don't have any regards for anyone else's well-being or anything else. So with that being said, we're going to also delve into um, people of color, particularly black people, how we're not really taking this seriously like we should. Um, we're also going to be talking about xenophobia in China and what's going on over there because there's a lot of stuff that's been going on with the Chinese discriminating against uh, people that are not um, Chinese or Asian or phenotypically Asian, particularly the African people. Uh, people from Africa, they have been discriminating against them. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about the unemployment in the job market. 
and just the reality of uh, the times we're living in. We're also going to talk about businesses and businesses going forward, business going forward, um, hygiene, the importance of it, what you can do to uh, protect yourself. Um, we're going to also touch on a story that happened about a month ago here in Indianapolis about the um, the guy that was caught on the DL, the two guys that was caught and the girl that got killed. I already did a video about it. I know everybody's been talking about it, but we haven't been on the show for a long time to talk about that. So we're going to bring that up. We're just going to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. Once again, that number is 516-595-8150 if you want to talk. So um, we're going to go to the lines, and, and we're going to call in, in 257. That's me, cousin. All right. How you doing, cousin? Hey, long time no chat. <laughs> <laughs> you you know you know it's a lot of foolishness going on right now. And it's just like I was saying when we first started, like with with such going on, you know, it's so easy to complain about what's wrong. But if you're not laying up in the hospital and you're not on the street and you're not starving, you you you're able to feed your kids, you're able to feed yourself, take care of yourself. And hell, even if you have a job, you you have a lot to be thankful for on this on this East Sunday. So, how do you feel about this whole entire COVID nineteen situation? And one of the things I want to talk about is: Do you think that we, as a community, particularly the Black community, are we taking this as serious as um, we should be taking this? Well, I know right now three people personally have. Two people are still in the hospital. One person just came home from the hospital a couple days ago. So that hit really close to home with that. Mm -hmm. um, so to see everybody, you know, to me, I believe that this was something that people that were battling, a comp, you know, the flu or whatever it was back in November, December, I think that was the first sign of it. I believe that people knew about this long before now. Um, we just kind of drug our feet about it. You know, everybody claimed it was the flu or it was pneumonia. So, hey, we give you some antibiotics and we go from there. Well, this thing has grown legs and has taken off running. Mm -hmm. so it's out of hand. And so for me, you know, especially with my kids, you know, with my dad, you know, my mom, you know, it's serious for me because, you know, but for the grace of God, therefore go I, you know. So, right. Um, I think people aren't taking it as seriously. I think some jobs aren't taking this as seriously because there's some companies that a good percentage of their employees have tested positive, but they go on as business as usual. Mm -hmm. um, like most people have to work. You know, I'm one of them, and I work in public transportation. So, Ooh. yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm out in the thick of it. Um, but I, I do my due diligence to protect myself as much as possible. Yeah, you because know, right. I feel like 
it's a personal this is a personal journey. You can't expect for your employees, I mean your employers or your bosses or whatever to take an extra step to protect you, so you have to do it yourself. I mean, common sense is a line that I don't think a lot of people got in, and we're starting to see it. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I, I, and the way I feel about it is, it's like, you know, um, I, I feel that a lot of these people that are considered essential workers, particularly people in the medical field that are out here, they're in the in the midst of it every day. Like I know Jonathan, he's in the midst of it every day. They mm-hmm. are treating these people like dirt. They are not, uh, you know, they had to. It's like they had to pull teeth just for them to convince um, upper management or convince corporate that they don't need to be having people use their PTO if they become sick. And I yeah. just want to um, just tell you. Yeah, I, I feel we don't appreciate people that are in the uh, crossfires of this thing. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to yep. tell you, um, um, just want to say hello, Chantel. Thank you, thank you for joining us. But, yeah, um, I, I feel that we don't really uh, understand the importance of people that are in the healthcare field because they are in the crossfire of this. And I feel that, um, you know, you said that a lot of these employers, they don't realize the severity of this virus. You know, um, we're going to get to the specifics later about the coronavirus. I have some videos I'm going to play, you know, kind of outlining um, what's going on. But, like, we are, yeah, we are now surpassing uh, Italy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as fatalities due to this virus. So I think that uh, we, we as a nation, we really need to put aside these pop, you know, political agendas and all this other foolishness and focus on the people because this virus um, is not going anywhere anytime soon. And the amount of, uh, I don't know, just the amount of carnage that it has caused this even you know financially it's we we've only seen the beginnings of it you know what i'm saying so um, yeah, yeah. And, and my thing is the only thing that i tell people that with this situation is you know i hear like you say you hear everybody complaining and this that and the third oh i wanted to go back to normal blah 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 well we have a new normal now yes the, the normal before is no longer the norm we we have a new normal and two, the Saints done got real religious. Ooh we. I mean, everybody know Jesus some kind of a way or another. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's upset because the church doors is closed. But the Sundays before, they started closing down the churches. You wasn't coming to church. I ain't going to church. Yeah. I need to go to church. Well, I'm gonna say this because. You know, everybody was talking about 2020 vision, honey. I mean, this 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 year is definitely 2020 vision because this virus, I'll just look at it. It's a second thing, but it's really revealing a lot of people. It's, it's revealing um, people's motives. That we really are seeing the the ugly side of people that are so called Christians and uh, our politicians and everything. Like we we are really seeing what people are truly made of 
And I, I think that uh, this upcoming election this year is going to be very telling, you know, uh, because. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Because, so, one, mm-hmm. this has put us all on an even playing ground. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Your little multi-millions don't matter now because your multi-millions ain't worth nothing right now. You, right. You, you, you sitting in the same line I'm sitting in. You know, See? you worried about your kids because you can't hire your housekeepers. Got to go home. Your 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 chauffeur got to go home. You can't keep them on staff. They going home. <laughs> so yeah, you, you right. You stuck to yourself. And there's a lot of relationships being tested during this quarantine. You realize Ooh. that uh, Bob that you've been sitting next to for about ten years, you really don't like him no more. You really mm. didn't like him about five years ago. So domestic well, honey, violence. I'm a, well, honey, I'm gonna tell you this. I, well, some relationships gonna be tested, and some relationships are gonna be yeah, because some of these people, baby, they about to be popping out babies. I said, you mark the date, and, and you and you go up, you take that gang piece, and, and jump up nine to head on that board, see where you are gonna end up. You are gonna see a mm-hmm. lot of. Ooh, I'm telling you, it's it's gonna be yeah. We gonna have a lot of babies born to this. Yeah. Cause you, yeah, you, so like, you being you know, forced to stay like, up in that house. Mm-hmm. I'm just, so you know, things are being like you know with that that officer, you know, rest in peace to officer yeah. again, uh, uh, Leaf. But um, but that was that was like eye opening. Yeah, because they had already mentioned that you know domestic violence would go up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why would domestic violence go? I mean, but then you think about it, yeah, okay, somebody sitting in the house with somebody day in and day out, yeah, okay, that could push somebody, you know, to their breaking point. Um, right. But to see it, like, unfold, like, she was on the other side of the door. She hadn't even, she had just showed up to the door. And he fired off from the inside of the house. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. So, you know, like, it's, it's really, like, all of this is mind-blowing. It's, it's really tedious for somebody like me who has a very energetic 13-year-old boy who mm-hmm. wants to go outside every two seconds. And I'm like, son, you can't go because I don't want you around other people because I know my house is clean and at least 90% sanitized, so... I know that you're somewhat safe in my house. You know, you can't prevent everything, but, you know, if I can keep you within the confines of, of my area, then I'm okay. I won't panic. We don't know how everybody else is living. Everybody ain't washing their hands. They ain't been washing their hands. So, you know, <laughs> so, you know right. it's, it's hard to have one like him, and then you have my daughter who's a senior in high school. This is her senior year. And she was looking forward to so much of everything that goes on with the senior year. And she's like, Ma, am I graduating? I'm like, girl, you're going to graduate. These kids go, Lil Ray Ray going to get a diploma this year. And you know <laughs> Lil Ray Ray was not supposed to be. He wasn't even on the cusp of graduating. But Lil Ray Ray going to get a diploma this year by default. All right. Well, well on that note, because uh, I'm on the um, – we got a couple more callers. We go to the line that joined us. Um, caller ending in eight 
547. Um, do you have a comment or um, anything you want to add to, to the um, conversation right now? Let's go to the lines. Hi, I just joined in. I was trying to, like, I heard, are y'all talking about the coronavirus? Yes, we talking about, is this, is this 12? Yes, happy birthday. All right, thank you, cuz. Yeah, you know we're gonna have we have birthday turn up tonight. So um, I've got one more call I need to go to really quick and see who's on the line really quick, and then we're gonna continue the conversation. Caller ending in two six zero nine. Can you state your name and do you have a comment um, to or um, something to add to the conversation? This is C Seneca, and happy birthday to you as well. Um, thank you, thank you, yes. thank you. I appreciate it. You're I just, welcome. You know, I was just telling them, see, like I said, you know what? With all the stuff that's going on, it's like mm-hmm. you know, it's so easy for us to uh, complain and talk about everything that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you are in um, reasonable health and not laying up in the hospital on a ventilator, and your family's fine, you got mm-hmm. food in the refrigerator you know where your next meal's coming from, and you have a job, mm-hmm. that is enough to be thankful for. And, you know, like I said at the beginning of the broadcast, you know, you know, I had to snap out of it because I was in that state of mind. I said, dang, man, you know, it's my birthday weekend. It's Easter Sunday. I can't go to church. Can't celebrate with my family and friends and stuff like that. But I had to realize that I have a lot to be grateful for, and we have to kind of look at this for what it is like you know um this virus is a negative thing but it has really revealed that there is something that we need to work on as a society particularly even in the church mm-hmm. um i was gonna tell you see we're gonna talk about a couple stories and i'm glad you jumped on here because i know you, you about to go in when i tell you about these preachers that are taking advantage of the of the church and the saints and it's just crazy how they are trying to use this virus as a way to come up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Okay, we that's got true. one more caller that, yeah. uh, that is called in. Um, let's go to the line. Um, let's see. Caller ending in 7834. Uh, do you have a comment or are you just listening at this point? I'm listening. Okay, we'll get back to you in a minute. Um, hang on in the line, because I, I think I know who did, because I got to get your perspective on something, but I'm going to get back with you in a minute. Um, yeah. So, see, what do you feel about this whole entire coronavirus, and do you think that we as a black community, are we really taking this virus as serious as we should be? Well, I want to say this. Um, you know, it's it's terrible that we're going through something like this. You know, we never thought that we would ever go through things like this. But to answer your question, um, there's there's a lot. Now, I'm not going to say that all African Americans are not, are not um, complying, but there's a handful or there's yeah. a vast amount that are not Um you know, when they tell you to be cautious, when they tell you to be a certain distance away, when they tell you that, hey, it's a good idea to go ahead and cover your mouth, you know, you still still see a lot of 
African-American. Now, I've seen a lot of nationalities doing this, but Mm -hmm. in reference to some African-Americans, I still see them so close together. They're still hugging. They see all up in people's faces talking. And and with people being asymptomatic, you can be walking around and don't even know that you even have some. So just to protect yourself and other people, it's just very important for, you know, us as African-Americans to be compliant, especially when they say that it, that the main people who are being affected by this are African-Americans. So I'm just saying that, you know, we just need to be a little bit more compliant and just hold on just for a little bit because, you know, we're going to be prayerful that it's just going to end soon. But, you know, I think that there's some African-Americans that really need to do a little bit better with this. You know what I mean? Like it's just like because I was mm-hmm. in the store today and I saw that and it was like it was a group Ooh. of People, they just walk in the store, and they just all close together. And the first thing I'm saying is, like, are you serious? So, no. So there's a lot of African-Americans out here that are not taking this serious, and they need to. Let me tell you something. On this channel, and I'm taking this from a lady I follow on YouTube named Boss Lady. On this, mm-hmm. we, gonna, we ain't preaching, but we trying to teach. And the thing is, it's like, right. I it just troubles me, and I'm I'm sorry. Some of y'all gonna get upset, but it is what it is because this is a show that mm-hmm. we're reaching out to the urban community, and my primary our audience is African American. We know we have people all different walks of life, but I'm talking to my people, African American people. I see in these mm-hmm. malls, not malls, in the grocery stores with your kids, mm-hmm. and it's like, I hate to say this, but, the you know, I went to the grocery store on, on Friday, and mm-hmm. I didn't see any other people bringing their kids to the grocery store, but it's us. And then you have your kids, you're, you have them out here exposed to this virus. They don't have any type of gloves on, nothing to cover their face. Yes. You have them in these nasty carts, and then you got a nothing, excuse my term, a nothing-ass Negro following up behind mm-hmm. you and you don't even have enough respect for your kids to at least cover their face up, let alone you should be for them at home anyways. You see what I'm saying? Yes. I feel that we mm-hmm. are not taking this serious because we're going to be the ones that are going to be suffering because of the ramifications of this virus. We're going to be the ones mm-hmm. that's going to be on the to- low end of the totem pole. You know, we're the ones going to be right. losing our jobs, and it's going to be us that are going to be the last ones getting rehired. It's going to be us that are going to be the ones that are suffering. So I think that we need to take this serious. If you want to go out here and expose yourself, that's fine. But do not expose mm-hmm. children to this because the children and the elderly are the ones that are going to suffer from this the most. So that's all I'm saying. That's right. Go ahead. Okay, see, for me, it just hit me. Future behavior, no, past behavior predicts future behavior. Now, we're in the epidemic of the coronavirus right now. And what I mean by past behavior predicts future behavior is at one point in time, we were the highest, and we still are, the highest at risk for the transmission of HIV AIDS. 
do we still take that seriously? We don't. Mm-mm. We as a community do not take stuff like this seriously. Even when it hits our front door, do mm-hmm. we take it seriously? So that's why I say past behavior predicts future behavior. During the HIV AIDS epidemic, you know, at first, you know, it was a homosexual disease, blah, 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 blah. Then it started transpiring to where, you know what I'm saying, it was. It started to really affect the How are we 20%, 30% of the whole United States population, but we make up 60% of new cases. Right. The, the the math just doesn't add up and we don't get it. And and that is the one thing, you know, not to I, I really hate quoting people that, that call themselves awakened, like that bothers me. The awakened black person <laughs> kinda of bothers because I don't get it. But anyway. But they almost pretty much say and it's true you know, they don't have to kill us anymore. Back in the 60s and 50s and whatever, they was lynching us and blah, blah, blah. They don't have to do that anymore. Right. They just let well, something sweep the nation and watch us all die I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this real quick, and I'm going to go to and see if she has something to say about this. And then I'm going to, because this is going to take away into what I want to talk about as far as this virus about the church not being mm-hmm. the resource. And before I go to that, let me let me go see if you have another caller that just joined the line. Um, caller ending at eight nine four. Do you have a question or a comment to add to this um discussion now or are you just listening at this point? I'm listening at this point, but I will chime in. Okay, soon. thank you. Well, we appreciate you in in our call. Um we have another caller ending in three seven one three are you listening at this point, or are you? Do you have a comment to add about um, COVID nineteen? I'm a friend of Napoleon's. I'm listening at this point. All right, I appreciate you. We just want to thank everybody for calling in tonight. Um, the thing I want to talk about is the church's responsibility in uh, educating community about COVID nineteen. I feel that the church is dropping the ball, and I'm not saying all the all churches, because we know there are churches in the community that are feeding the, feeding the hungry. They're educating people. They are uh, stopping services and things of that nature just to make sure the congregation is safe. But there have been opportunists that have been taking advantage of this situation. And one of which is uh, I want to talk about is there's four that I want to get on right quick. Uh, Jamal Bryant, Nita Bynum, Kenneth Copeland, and all the white. Now, um, I want to go to a clip real quick of Paula White. Now, she wanted to raise money not for the healthcare workers, not for the people that are out of work, not for the families that are maybe starving, she wanted to raise money for her ministry, and she tried to tie this whole thing into, well, the church is a spiritual hospital. So why don't you read Psalms 90 and donate $90 to my ministry 
since we are the spiritual church in the spirit hospital. Now, I'm going to go to this clip because y'all don't probably believe this, but y'all need to hear this, and then we're going to come back with the rest of the commentary real quick. Churches do so much, not just from a humanitarian standpoint. The greatest thing we do is bring spiritual truth that transforms. What we do as ministers of the gospel is so vitally important because every single day we are a hospital sick, not necessarily physically sick. So we also help take care of that. many churches have health centers, etc. But we are a hospital. For those who are soul sick, those who are spiritually sick, because we bring forth the word of God, and we bring forth truth. It gets deep down in your soul, in the way you think and you feel about things. Maybe you'd like to sow a $91 seed, and that's just putting your faith with Psalm 91, $89, or whatever God tells you to do. If you want to be blessed to Paula White Ministry or City of Destiny, you can go to the website at paulawhite.org. We would love you to help us and stand with us. Now, you know, I, I'm going to have to come to you first, see, because I know, I know, see, I, I, I know you are feeling some type of way about this because how are you going to sit here and, and try to, you know, I, I seen where it was building up. I said, okay, she, when I first heard, I said, okay, maybe, you know, maybe she, she's really trying to talk about something. And then she drops the bomb on us talking about so ninety one dollars in um in reference to Psalm ninety one. How do you sit here and goop the kids and how do you try to milk the people out of their money when people are losing their jobs and you sitting up here asking money, not 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 to help the people or not to um help the health care care workers and their families or see how do you feel about her? Group the kids. You know, <laughs> this this right here is a pet peeve of mine because you know we we've talked about stuff like this in the past um, no. on some shows that you've done, and you know it's 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 irritating because of course just to touch base on what you just said, you know this this pandemic that is going on has caused people to lose their jobs. You know, and they don't have an income. They 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 have nothing. And the thing is, is that you have a lot of babes in Christ. And if they're and and if they truly don't understand what the ministry is really all about, you have a snake like like just like her that will come yep. in and use people just to build her own self up and to benefit from it. And that right there is is uncalled for. That is not what the ministry is about. And basically what needs to happen is that she needs to get out of the ministry because how dare you sit here and try to pent the people. And that's really what it is. You're, you're trying to pent people just to get money in your pocket, and that's not what it's about. So, you know, what you need to do is is you need to just stop asking people for this money to sow into your ministry and just be – and stop being heartless. And you need to come out of your pocket since you got all this money from people that keep giving you money, that keep sowing into your ministry. 
You need to get up off of some of that money, and you need to help people yourself. That's what you need to do mm-hmm. because these people are out here struggling, and it. And I'm sorry to say it like this, but it pisses me off because this, this, this right here, it is absolutely uncalled for. And what I hate about it is, is that you have people whose minds are not right, and they continuously sow into that, and they're looking for things. And she's not delivering because that's not how you're supposed to do in the ministry anyway. So Mm -hmm. they're looking for something in return for giving. They're physically looking for something, and they're never going to get it. And so then what Mm -hmm. happens? Now their whole mindset about church and the ministry is distorted because they truly don't have a true understanding of the ministry in the first place. But she is going to be held accountable because she's using people. You don't do that. And God is not about using in that way. And she ought to be ashamed of herself. And if I had any authority, I'll close her whole thing down. I'll just close it down because it's filthy. Um, I don't know if anybody's listening to the show while they're on the phone, but if you can cut down your um, volume, because I think we're getting feedback. Um, Here's my thing about it. Miss Paula White has always been a, a very conniving and scheming person. Now look who's, who she's working up under. And I'm not trying to be funny, mm-hmm. but anytime mm-hmm. that you're aligning, aligning yourself with someone like Donald Trump, that says something about you anyways. You know what I'm saying? And they said that mm-hmm. she slid mm-hmm. her way through the circuit. She doesn't slip her way through the top. She doesn't slip with a lot of mega church pastors allegedly, mm. and she has, um, let me tell you what she did down um, in Florida. Like, she, I think the preacher was Zachary Timms. She came in that church and manipulated that church. Um, he, the uh, pastor died, and she came in there and kicked the first lady out the church, and the church is predominantly black. It was the church down in Florida. And your membership is black, but you aligning yourself with somebody like Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't understand that. So, Paula White, I've never been for her. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't surprise me. You know, it just, it, it doesn't surprise me about her. Mm-hmm. Now, the yes. next person I'm going to get on real quick is Jamal Bryant. Now, those <laughs> of you that don't know who Jamal Bryant is, Jamal Bryant um, is, he's a well-known political activist and stuff like that. He just recently took over um, Eddie Long's church in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I think he's been in uh, been the past there for a little over a year now. So he's in the news now because people are trying to figure out, why are you trying to charge your church members $150 just to just to see if they have the coronavirus. A hundred and fifty dollars. Right? Now this wow. doesn't yeah. A hundred and fifty dollars. Let me go to this article real quick because I I want to get these facts right because I don't want nobody saying I got it wrong. Um this is an article from the Christian Post and it says Pastor Jamal Bryant offers a thousand COVID nineteen tests to minorities. $150 each 
then postpones the event. Now, the reason why they said in this article he postponed this event because these other organizations weren't trying to get on board with that. And a lot of people was criticizing him. Why are you sitting being a church of your magnitude trying to charge these people when most of these people mm-hmm. in your congregation have been paid off? They don't have that type of money, and you're still trying to come up with ways to raise money. And it's not like, okay, you get the test, what's next? You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. you saying mm-hmm. that ain't gonna cover your hospital bills and fees, stuff like that. And this article mm-hmm. pretty much says that um the event was supposed to take place to, uh, from the fourth to the fifth, but he said he's gonna postpone it or I don't know if he's gonna cancel the postpone it to comply with an executive order expected to be signed by um Georgia governor Brian Kemp. I think reason why he probably postponed that event because he got all that backlash because he thought he was about to, you know, line in the pockets with them, you know, them mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. people were, and, mm-hmm. uh, this, this ain't right. Mm-hmm. Now, he ain't the only one. Wait a Bynum with, with her <laughs> non-preaching Behind because somebody threw <laughs> panties. Y'all remember that story? She said she didn't want to preach at that service. That, that preacher saw her panties. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So she gooping the kids. She she gooping the kids too. So while she's sitting up talking about she selling prayer kit for a hundred and well somebody said person said it's a hundred and fifty dollars and then sales was a hundred and thirty three dollars. And the prayer kit includes uh, a prayer cloth and some oil and some water. Now, let me be something. You could take your behind right up upstairs and cut up some damn raggedy ass sheets and you could put some damn oil or some olive oil out of the food pantry or a bottle of distilled water and you put that prayer kit right there. So, why are you charging the people $150 for some stuff that's already in the damn house? Mm-hmm. Yes. I just think yes. this, I'm, I'm, I mean, fun. I mean, I'm making it sound funny, but this, this is really like just horrible. She's not raising yes. money to help people that are in need. She's she she's mm-hmm. been known to be out here scheming and scamming in these streets. And I'm mm-hmm. not gonna get her. There's been a lot of. Um, commentators on YouTube that's saying she's been involved into a lot of stuff. I don't want to get into that. We're not going to get into that, but you cannot ask the people to pay for prayer. Last time mm-hmm. I prayer free, you, you have a direct connection with God. You don't have to go through nobody and pay them your hard earned money to get Hello. some type of connection to God. That's Hello. right. Yes. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, and then and you, you got in the culture. Wait a minute. Can I, Seneca? Yeah. Can I say this? I'm, I want to say this. If you're such a woman of God, and I'm just listening to this, why don't you pack up the prayer, the, uh, the prayer packages and give them out for free? Thank you, sir. Exactly. Why can't you package them up and you don't you you send them on out to addresses, get their addresses because people have been blessing your ministry. Why don't you bless the people? It's time for you to bless their ministry. You you send them out and then mm-hmm. you give it out for free. 
See, this is what this is what's going on now. Everybody wants to always have their hand out, and that's why people are turning mm-hmm. away from the church now. Because this is the time where y'all need to be showing your ministry, or even just showing the faith that God has that, that you have the faith and that God has blessed you. You give them prayer packages out to free Miss Juanita Bynum, profit is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I ain't trying to throw no shade. They talking about dead doctor Juanita Bynum. Honey, they, them degrees is that dang on jacked up weed that's on top of her head. You know what? You know what? <laughs> I, I allegedly that's what I heard. I don't know, but my thing is, I've never seen a so-called woman. I, is she so nasty? So mm-hmm. talk to people. She's so nasty. And then how I heard how she. Been a lot of people's uh, money from engagements and stuff like that. How she's gone mm. to preach at people's um, different um, events and she doesn't even show up. She'll find something wrong mm. and be like, "Well, I can't preach because this, this, and this." It's, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So we're dealing with people that are false prophets. We're not dealing with people yeah. that are true men and women of God. That's what we need to realize. And then you have. Kenneth Copeland, and I'm going to get on him real quick and then we're going to move on. Kenneth Copeland is sitting up here telling people um, you still need to get that money to that church. I don't care if you got to leave your house. I don't care if you got to go here and face the coronavirus. You need to get that money to that church. If you got to leave it under the door, you got to leave it. Oh my and God. This is the same man has been caught up in several scandals himself. Um, he has a $3.6 million jet that um, was denied tax exempt status. Um, he was trying to get um, a tax exempt status and avoid the tax law for his $6.3 million mansion. And he was using the church funds to finance all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? And he's mm. sitting up here telling the people, you know, he didn't tell the people. I said, well, you know, I understand I'm going through hard times and stuff like that. You need to kind of focus on your family. No, he's telling these people to bring their money to the church. Of course, you don't care about what the people are going through because you're not the one that's going mm-hmm. without. You're not the one that's out here that's been laid off. You're not the one laying up that's here right. in the hospital. Or you have to choose between going to work and taking care of your kids at home. So That's I, now, is it true? Is it, is it true that the churches uh, that that I think the government is, is offering the churches? I know I think I read something like uh, uh, some help for this in this time of, of the uh, COVID nineteen. Is that true? Well, I'm not really sure you know, about that. Um, if you can check into that, because really, I think. I think it's something they're offering the churches some type of money, you know, even for them to pay bills or whatever. But my thing is, if they, they if they're gonna give if they're gonna give your money, listen, I'm sure if you have a three million dollar jet or whatever, sell your jet and pay some of them bills. There, there we you go. go. <laughs> but I will say this: okay, I don't help know your church you members. That help help your help your church members that that are in need that that, that are in need because I'm sure like you said, Senator, some of them have lost their jobs, they lost their income. You know, this is where the church needs to be feeding folks 
you know, coming in there, you know, all your members, your highest members, kind of give them a check. Just like uh, Donald Trump sending his $1,200 check, it ain't going to do nothing for nobody because once everybody starts spending $1,200 mm-hmm. check on shoes and, and panties and drawers and uh, whatever, they other significant other. I'm just you right. out there. That check ain't gonna be nothing. Watch the church start giving. Give your tithers that 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 are that lost their job. Give them something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. I'm just oh. sorry. Maybe I'm just. No, you're fine. Because I just feel that with these churches, like I, I feel like if these pastors would show more compassion towards the members, mm-hmm. the money will automatically come in. The people will want you because mm-hmm. you're at least showing that you are mm-hmm. compassionate and you care about the um, plight of your members. Yeah. But these pastors I aren't doing it. Mm-hmm. They don't care about the safety of these people. There was a church they mm-hmm. said that they had to shut down because the pastors were so hard-headed that they still have members, and they said it was, I think, oh, yeah. Four members that ended up with that COVID nineteen virus because that church didn't want to shut the doors down. You're absolutely right. He had about he had about at least about a thousand folk in that church and was preaching and said he was not going to shut it down until the government shut. And the government already told him that he was still having church. I saw it on on the news. That's a no more shame. Well, I think people that are terrorists and and that want to defy the laws, they need to be held accountable for this. They really do. Seneca, in this trying time that we have now, my church, my pastor had three days last week. We had uh, like a food, they'll come to the uh, church and they would give out food and they would, you know, anybody who needed it in the neighborhood, they, they do every Sunday. Well, they still feed. Well, we don't have it now since it's COVID-19, but we see the neighborhood, and it's really crazy that he had it outside, so he was giving groceries, bags of fresh greens and everything, and that, that shows. So there, and there are some pastors that are caring about uh, some of the people, not just this members, but all the members. For three days straight, they were doing that. Wow. And that's what and I, that's what I'm Go ahead. And then we have we have live streaming, and I was talking to my friend who's on the phone now. We have had more people giving on that live stream because of mm-hmm. what the church has done for the people. And that goes back to what I said. And that goes back to what I said. If you do right by the members, they're going to automatically mm-hmm. want to give to the ministry. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So, I just heard that wore me out. This purchase wore me out. You sell them, you give them away. Yeah. But there was the same woman that said that she wanted $100,000 for a threshing floor, a prayer floor to build her house. No. Oh, my God. And why it's going to be a whole lot of things. This folks, when all of this is over with. That's what I'm saying. They're hurting the church instead of helping the church. You think the churchship is low now, and and it's and it's like all our people that are trying to goof the people over. But I want to go to um, caller in seven eight three four, and I wanted to get your opinion on 
because I'm not going to tell tell them about you know what you do specifically or anything. But I want want you to tell them about what you've seen in the line of work that you've done, and also what your church is doing. And I know we've had a um, interesting conversation on your perspective on um, especially churches, our churches, and what we're lacking as far as giving back to the community. So if you wanted to share that with us, you can not, that's fine. Um, well, first, I can just say this. Um, my church has also been streaming. Um, I attend the Blended Church out west off a country club. Well, um, and I often have the conversation with Seneca. Um, I was raised Baptist, and I decided a couple of years ago that it was just something more that I needed. Um, and so I just had started attending and um, getting involved there. Um, and I was just telling Seneca the difference that I've noticed is just things, even in matters of giving back to the community and also um, just the difference overall of just how the people are. Um, for example, I was telling Seneca last year, we had a service Sunday where um, we shut down at the past. We, the church was shut down. There were several different organizations you could choose from, and we did service projects. Um, for those who could not go out, we had something in our community center for, like, our elders and those where they made blankets for, like, military families um, that we sent over. But we had different uh, service projects and one of them was we actually went out into Hallville and cleaned the neighborhood, the parks, uh, pers- people's grass, cut the grass, the alleys. And uh, one of the things that I was telling Seneca was that it just it surprised me to realize the number of churches that sits on almost every corner, and mm. this was on a Sunday, and how none of the – and. Church mm-hmm. members and some of the pastors seen us out there didn't say hardly not one word. And here it is in your area, park right across the street from where the church is. You see people out here just cleaning the park. And, I mean, we got a big old trailer because we had, like I said, there was rakes and lawnmowers and everything. Didn't say thank you, didn't say anything. It took a... I, I, I know he wasn't homeless, but he was drunk. But the guy said he had a bottle in his hand, approached us. He was just talking to us. And he actually thanked us for doing what we did. He said no one has never came out into the community and tried to do anything to beautify the area in which he lived in. We was right off of Sharon by the park, um, almost off of 10th and Sharon. And the guy just said thank you, you know, and I was telling Seneca, like, if more churches would maybe just take a Sunday, but Seneca brought up a good point. He said, do you think churches would do that? Because some of them would probably look at some much, how much money they would be losing that Sunday. And that oh, following yeah. Sunday, our pastor said something about, but he said, you know, it's not always about the money. Sometimes it's about right. giving back. Because when you give yeah. back, then those are the people that you're bringing in, and then you never know how you can be rewarded in getting that money back. And I told Seneca that the difference in, 
I don't want to say giving, but our pastor makes it very well to tell us this is what your money's going toward. This is how we're going to spend the money for this. Um, we do a series called Movies with a Message. And Seneca said, do you think most churches will allow you to do that? They too busy uh, not wanting you to even drink a bottle of water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we come in, popcorn, there's a movie. And the the movies are good movies. We do one through black history. And the church is mixed. And what I like is that it educates everybody. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's an education for everybody. But it's just certain things to reach new generations and to get people involved. Because I, the ways of some teachings, we have to change with the way that generations are changing. These kids now, everything is technology. Yeah. We got to find ways to bring people into the church. You know, yeah. I say what you're saying um, I'm saying about the blended church. My cousin, they've been going to my church with me. I, I left the church last year, and she's been going to the same church with me that I left. She left, and mm-hmm. she's at the blended church. Her and her husband, just my first mm-hmm. cousin. And what you're saying is absolutely true. They love that church. She's, I mean, what what they're doing with the movie, with the message. So I, I know what you're talking about. That church is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they give back. And that's what I love. Yes, I we do. I <laughs> we give back. <laughs> you're absolutely yes. right. Yes. Yes, it, it's it's different. But I did want to chime in. I know um, you guys was wanting to know about as far as the government giving money to churches. Um, yeah. Not getting deep into what I do, but I do work on the unemployment side. So, yes, my days now are long, very long when it comes to work. I tell Seneca all the time. Um they are, and, and it's. I'll say this, it's up to the states to decide as far as churches. Um, there oh, are some okay. um, stipulations that the federal government is leaving up to the states to decide as far as how to handle those, because um, churches are different. They're considered nonprofit. So typically churches... Mm-hmm. And people who file unemployment benefits that work for churches, typically since the churches don't have to report wages to us quarterly, typically those individuals, it's almost like um, we as they come, that's typically how churches um, or nonprofit organizations have to pay those unemployment um, taxes. They are trying to make some changes to um churches because they do realize that there are some people in the churches that um, hold positions and who are typically suffering from um, the coronavirus and not being able to hold their job duties. Um, The federal government hasn't come straight out to tell us how to handle these individuals because they are considered a special case, just like the small businesses and just like our contract workers. The the federal government does want to give relief to these individuals, but we are still um, waiting on information on how um, to release these benefits or how to um, allow these people to file for unemployment benefits. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so okay. it, it, it's coming. Just, so there is a possibility. 
Okay, because I knew I heard something like that. So thank you for clarifying it for me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yep, it's it's it's, it's definitely um, it is. Uh, yeah, it's around the clock because they're bending a lot of rules that we don't typically see for unemployment benefits right now. Um, mm-hmm. Just the amount of money that they're allowing people and how long they're allowing people to file. Um, so a lot of this mm-hmm. is new, and it's also new to us, and it's a lot of, new to a lot of states because our systems are not set up for mm-hmm. the mass amount of people that we have filing for unemployment benefits. And as I was telling Seneca, mm-hmm. it's more scary than anything um, to see how many people are either losing work altogether or don't know if they're going to return back to work, and then even if their employer is going to open um, their business back up after all of this is gone. Um, yep. So the only thing I can tell people is to do right by this money because it, right. it's, mm-hmm. you may not, mm-hmm. you may not. And the job market is going to be very tough. Um, typically unemployment benefits are 26 weeks. They have extended it where individuals are eligible for 39 weeks of benefits. Um mm-hmm that's going to cut the majority of people off right around the holidays, right around the time of Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm. Um, so wow. it's, it's, it's going to be very tough. They have passed where they are going to allow people an additional $600 a week on top of whatever they're eligible for in unemployment mm. benefits. That will only last until July 31st. That will not be the full 39 weeks. Or mm-hmm. that people are 36 weeks that people will be eligible for unemployment benefits. It is going retroactive to March 29th, and that will end on July 31st. But during that time mm-hmm. period, if you are eligible for unemployment benefits, you will be eligible for an additional $600 on top of your weekly benefit amount. They will. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you, yeah. uh, I guess, so you're saying it's going to end around the holidays, but I guess you ain't, honey, I say, I guess the you ain't gonna be able to get a little man, man, his little Jordans or whatever, and you gonna have, like you said, you gonna have to be right by that month. Now, you know, one of the biggest things that we, um, you know, that I discuss, and I, I mean, I can't tell people, I can only advise people on what to do, on how to do it, but you know, I, just seeing it from the front end of what I do. I, I mean, the best thing I would tell people is just do right by it. When you're in a position and you don't know when your job is going to open up, if your job, because as I was talking to Seneca about this, even when employers start opening their businesses back up, it's still going to be very tough for them to get back to where they were to recover the expenses mm-hmm. and the loss in which they have lost um, within their business. So you may not even be going back to work full-time. You may only be going back to work part-time. I just hope and pray that people use this money and use it wisely. Don't go out to the malls and spit it on reckless Mm -hmm. stuff. Put the money up. Put it in an account. Put it somewhere where you can hold on to it. Because I'm telling you, they saying now that, oh, we won't have to pay back these stimulus checks. We won't. 
we this is a prime time. It's an election year, and we know the government can say one thing tomorrow, and it'll change next right. week. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Telling us now we don't have to pay it. You don't know how it's going to change next year once they realize the impact that this has made on this economy. I will not be surprised if we don't if there's not some kind of way in which we're going to have to pay this back. The biggest thing is inflation, and things are about to go up. The cost of food, the cost of everything is about to go up. The government is pouring all this money. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And those who are working are going to feel it the most. The number of people Mm -hmm. that have filed for food stamps has almost tripled Mm. um, here within the last couple months, along with the number of people Mm. who have filed for unemployment benefits. We are working hard behind the lines to get people the help they need, but I'm just telling people, please do right by it because we don't know how long this will we don't and we get a lot of things from the federal government. We just doing what they're telling us to do, but we right. some of these answers we don't know. It's like a day by right. day, week by week thing. Mm-hmm. And think and just think just think and, about and, the people that live in paycheck to paycheck. Yes. You know, Sam just don't have anything. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that crazy? And my thing hey, is now, this, I'm going to oh, jump to the comments really quick. I'm sorry I've been neglecting the chat. Um, I'll just give a few shout-outs really quick. Um, Jeremy Pearson, um, I wanted to thank for the birthday shout-out. Um, he was saying preach. He says, um, he said, happy birthday. Um, he, he said, you are definitely speaking the truth. Um, he says also that um, let me go back up to this comment. Um, okay, he says. Wait, I'm sorry, guys. The chat is going by so quick. Um, some people are taking this seriously, and many are not. Overall, they're not. And then Jonathan Crockett, um, who had something to say about the entire. Paula White situation. He says that Paula White equals false profit. Um, Chan's in the room. Just wanted to say, hey, what's up? Um, thank you for tuning in. And so Jonathan said, Kenneth Copeland should be arrested for negligent homicide for all of these deaths since he rebuked COVID-19 in the name of Jesus and said it was quote-unquote over. That's how much of a sham he is. So I really want to thank you guys Um for these comments. Um, Chan also says, I've been waiting on my unemployment check since I've been off. Chan, if you can, give us a call at uh, 516-595-8150 because we want to hear from your point of view um, what's going on in the medical field and how they are treating the medical workers. If you want to talk about that, because I know you, that's probably a situation you're going to talk about. But if you want I'm to... I'm actually here, Seneca. I'm on Twilight. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I've been listening the whole time. Do you, do you want... Do you Let me close? say this to you real quick, um, Chan. Let me tell you this real yes. quick. Um, our number of clients, like I said, it, we are working... The problem is, is this. We've had to change our system almost three times. We have now, um, we have a whole nother area that's helping us with the phone calls. Even us from workers, because, and this lets you guys know how many people are filing for unemployment benefits. 
it's even hard for us as workers. Tomorrow, I'm, I'm pretty sure when we go to work, it happens every Monday because everybody files for unemployment benefits starting yet last night at midnight. Every more, every week, at least every Monday, our systems run so slow and sometimes they crash because the number of people that are filing claims, the number of people that are calling into our office, all of this is on a whole server together. So for us to be able to call back out to claimants, call employers, and to use the system, it's calling, causing our system to overload. So we've been telling claimants now when we reach out to them and we've now um, as of last week, reached out to they have uh, someone else that is assisting us with those phone calls to free up some space on our servers so that we can get out to call claimants in regards to their unemployment benefits. We have, I'm telling you guys, when I say thousands and thousands, we have people in departments all over. I'm, when I say top people, we got top people doing claims. Ain't never touched or done none of this. That's how much we have coming in for these unemployment claims. What I can yeah, tell you I'm is like, your claim will be, it will be backdated. Anything, and I'm like, what is going on? Because I got a friend that works there too. Her name is Tish, and uh, she was she, she actually said she was going to try to help me tomorrow and see what was going on. But you know, this yeah, is my third time voucher, and I haven't. I literally, I literally haven't heard anything. So I started getting a little yeah, concerned, and probably, I was like, well, I'll yeah. be home. Yep, our systems are very is very very much. Um, they're very, very backed up. But like I said, so what they're doing, it does, whenever you file, it's still retroactive back to the first week that you file for unemployment benefits. And that's why they've been telling people that it'll at least take about four weeks um, or sooner before you would even get. Um, the problem that people don't understand is because we have such a mass amount, and, and not to put it like this, but you always have your scammers. So there are certain rules that the federal government is making us abide by. We have to verify and make sure. Yeah, you telling us that this, this, and this has happened, but we, I'm telling you, our fraud overload of how people are filing benefits, because now people are thinking it's a free-for-all. Oh, okay, well, let me try to hurry up and file for unemployment benefits and see if I can get oh, some wow. of this money. So yeah, the problem crazy. is it's sad because the people who need the money and are truly laid off or are affected by this, we have to treat everybody the same way. Because some yeah. people mm -hmm. are yep. good and well, but yep. they, they shouldn't be entitled to nothing. Um, and, and that's something else that they are working on so that we can speed up the process. Um, mm -hmm. We have incorporated some things in our system, but I'm just telling you, be patient with us, but they are. We really are trying our best to hurry up and get these um, claims done for people, but it will be backdated. So just keep filing your voucher and keep doing what you're doing, and they will, they will definitely pay you. You will be paid. I will. Okay. Also, <laughs> I will say, I'm going to jump you in will. real quick, guys. Um, I I've been hearing that this is not only just something that's been happening in Indiana about the servers and things crashing. I've been doing some reading about other states and, and how they've been handling the unemployment situation. This has definitely mm -hmm. been happening in other states. Um, the number of employment uh, claims that have been coming in are in the millions. So this is mm -hmm. very much a troubling time. And I'm just really afraid about how this economy is going to turn. 
um, once everything settles, the dust settles around this. So right. um, mm-hmm. I want to go to another call. I just want to see if they have something to say, um, and then I'm going to move on because I still want – I need to get to um, the Clark sister review, and I also want to – I want to touch back on that situation that happened about a month ago when the young lady was killed in Indianapolis because of the DL situation. So I want to get on that, but I need to go to um, the call caller ending in two six nine three. Do you have a comment, or are you just listening at this point? Caller ending in two six nine three. Are you listening? Okay, they're probably just listening. We just want to thank you for. Um, Listening, I just want to thank everybody so far. Um, I've been trying to keep a uh, check on the chats too because I know some people have been sending chats and stuff like that. Um, I want to move on really quick because we've really been uh, talking about some really good information, and that's what I'm talking about. This show is a tool where people can use this information and apply it to their daily lives because this is information that some people may not have been getting. You know, there's been a lot of confusion about the unemployment situation, how to file claims, what's coming down the pipeline. So we really want to thank the caller for giving us clarification on what to expect coming down the pipeline. Um, Well, I just wanted to kind of touch base on the the medical field part of it um, because I've actually been off or whatever. And, you know, I know some of you don't know, but I was actually – I'm actually working in the healthcare field. I'm a registered medical assistant at Community East. Um, I work in the in the neurology department, and I was currently um, well. I was recently found positive for COVID-19, so I've actually wow. been out for about mm-hmm. three weeks. Um, a little bit of, of what was going on, like the time that I was there. Um, I do know that they did take the precautions at. Community East, like, you know, they were, like, very cautious of who was coming in and who was coming out, and, you know, we had to be masked up and gloved up. Um, I mean, we, we did everything we, we could do, basically, to protect ourselves. Um, I just feel like at this point I was I was the only one in the office that was positive for COVID-19, um, even mm-hmm. after taking those precautions. Um, I just want to say um, – the most important thing that I, I feel like everyone should do um, that was very, very important is washing your hands. Um, even if you are a person that washes your hands, um, I would try to double or maybe triple that than what you're usually used to doing and uh, even increasing it to over 60 seconds if you have to. Um, and I'm talking about any time you're touching something uh, or any time someone around you is coughing into their arms or you know what I mean? Anything, just if you're touching anything, just I just really, really, really encourage those of you to really, really wash your hands more than usual. You know what I mean? So that, that's mm-hmm. just what I wanted to say on it because I felt like I was doing that, but I, you know, now that I I was found positive for this, I felt like I should have done it a little more, especially working in the field. And let me ask you this. Um, Chan, with you being on the front line in the front end of this, and you you being exposed to this virus, and this this goes for all healthcare workers, do you feel that um, how should I phrase? Do you feel 
and I'm not because I don't want you to because I'm trying to frame it so you don't say anything. You know, um, do you feel let's just say in general, do you feel that the healthcare workers are not being valued as much as far as a lot of these hospitals are concerned? Are you are you feeling that they're not equipping the healthcare workers with the tools that they need to protect themselves from this virus? Do you and there should be more? Um, is there more that could be done to protect? This is what I would say on it. Like at, at first, like I said, I was I was the only one that got tested in my office for COVID-19, and, and that was because I took it upon myself. Um, not trying to shade anything, but I just feel like nothing was taken seriously, like, mm. you know, until I was found positive. Then that was, that's when they were like, okay, everybody needs to be six feet, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, okay, that's something that we should have been doing when, when mm-hmm. this happened in the first place. That's just my opinion on it. You know what I mean? I feel like everybody – should have been tested, you know what I mean, uh, from the, right. you know, once this thing hit the, the, the media the way it did, I felt like everybody working in that field with any type of symptoms should have been tested immediately. It shouldn't have took me as a, as a you know, in, you know, working in that field or working in that office to get tested, you know, taking it upon myself to do it for them to start taking it seriously. Um, that's what I would say about it. Also, I am not trying to be funny. This is Dead ass serious, you know what I mean? People need to realize that these masks that y'all making out of y'all mama's bras, please stop doing that because that is not protecting y'all from this COVID nineteen. Cutting your mama bras up and putting rhinestones on them and trying to sell them for Talk eight and ten dollars. Let me let me be the first to tell you what they feel. This is not them bras y'all cutting up. Them triple D that. Uh, Quadruple D bras y'all cutting up is not gonna save you from this corona. Y'all need to go out and buy them N95 masks, to the, the yeah. ones that actually suck around your face to protect you. You know what I mean? Stop cutting these bras. Stop putting these rags around your face. Like that's Look. not gonna save you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm just gonna be real, and y'all know how I'm just gonna. Like it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In I'm about to say, but I even heard somebody talk. They gonna cut up some damn pads, some max pads, and put them around their face. Let me tell you something. If I go out and smell one pissy pad, it's gonna be damn trouble out in these damn streets. I'm about to put up with that. Now y'all need to stop this foolishness. When that came across my timeline and then the girl came in my inbox trying to tell me that cut up bro, baby, I was done. Like, I appreciate you being concerned about me working in the, in the field, but don't be coming in my inbox trying to sell me up your mama's bro. It's not going to work. No, hold up. No, cut. No, no. Uh-uh. No, I can't let you get by with that. I can't let you get by with that. You Child, said the I cannot girl, make this up. No. No, you said the girl inboxed you and said that she had somebody's bra, some homemade damn janky oh, she, she called it a mask. But when you go to her timeline, you know, I ain't gonna call her out or nothing. But baby, you go on that timeline, that's what she's selling them cut up bras. But wait a minute, somebody sweaty Well, somebody sweaty breath could have been in that. Like, you don't know. Hell, I couldn't tell you. I didn't even want to know at that point. 
she immediately got blocked because I just felt like it was disrespectful, you know, working in the healthcare field. Don't come at me trying to sell me nobody's cut up bra. You know. Hold up, mm-hmm. wait a minute now. Now, but see, now see, I'm, I'm, you got, I know. See, she'll get you together. She, she knows how to get you together swiftly and professionally. So I need from a. Mm-hmm. a, a professional point of view, I need you to get together that's doing stuff like that. See, what do you feel about (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to say this. You know, it's first of all, you know, and I am in agreement with what everybody's saying about this. First of all, it's it's very inconsiderate to even want to even cut something up like that and to even sell it. And then not only this, you know, you, you also have, you know, where I've seen where people have cut up panties and they have put strings on them and all this kind of stuff. Like they are just, yes, you like like they're just going overboard. But I'll just say this, like with the company that my mom and I have been operating for about five years, you know, mm. my mother, she actually took the initiative to actually just take, like, some fabric that we had gotten from Joanne Fabric, um, and mm-hmm. she, you know, was able to sew up some, and we understand that that's not the N95 ones, but it was for people that, you know, didn't have the money to actually go out and purchase, or they couldn't find this, or they couldn't find that, and... We know that oh, yeah, it's not you know something that, that, you know, may not like be able to, like. That, it was, like you said, for the ones that can't afford it. I get that. But I'm talking about yeah. the girl actually trying to sell the bra. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That doesn't go around right. your face. It was just like, I don't know, I just felt like it was kind of disrespectful. So, yeah, I agree with you and, yes, you know, what you're doing. You know, I respect what you're doing for sure. You know what I mean? But I'm talking about, like, the people that actually work in the healthcare field, the ones where we have to, like, work hand in hand with these patients, like, we get in that mm-hmm. You know, we, we need those N95 masks. Can I say something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, even with this mask, like you said, it gets out of control. I want to tell y'all, and I promise you, when I found this picture of my phone, I got to send it to Seneca. Why was the lady inside the bank with a, you know, like the birthday hat? Mm, yeah. Happy birthday hat. No. It's a hot mess. With a wrap around. I said, no, these people have gone too far with that. Oh, Lord. What in the I'm telling you, my dark mess is in. No. <laughs> I'm trying to find it in my phone. <laughs> but you, but, but let me tell you. But let me tell you. I'm looking like say black people ass know. Black people know how to make a way out of no way. We've been doing it since uh-huh. the beginning of this country. That's we true. took scraps. We took scraps Ooh. that the master gave us, and we made Ooh. immaculate meals out of. We have made a way out of no way. But some things you just have to draw the line in the sand. Yeah. I do not want to smell no damn yeah. pig pads. I don't want to see no damn cuts up the balls. I don't want to see none of that shit. I, I don't want to see none of it. I'm sorry. So, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I ain't trying to But that 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 now come on now. I want to say I have went to Walmart <laughs> and I have seen somebody um, put on. I mean, they have wrapped a dirty T-shirt around their face. <laughs> it, That's it's this time where we need to use uh, common sense. See, a lot of yeah. people walking around here not taking this stuff serious, and we not using right. common sense. You, there's no reason you should be putting a dirty T-shirt around your face. See, it's already dirty. Hell, 
what germs are you stopping? What are you stopping? Ooh. Mm. Mm. Amen. Let me go to this call. We got another caller real quick. Y'all, let me go see who this is real quick. Uh, caller, I think it's the same one that we had. I just want to see if they had anything else to add or are they just still listening. Um, caller ending in 2693, are you just listening or do you um, have a, a question or comment? They must be listening. Um, I want to move on real quick, y'all, because we got about a little bit over 30 minutes left. Um, I wanted to talk about two more things, and then I'm going to let you let you guys go. Um, at the time this story took place, um, you know, I took a little uh, sabbatical or took, you know, a little hiatus from the show. What do you guys feel about the whole situation with the lady that was killed over uh, putting them people's business, them two, the two uh, goons out, like in, on the west side, you know, we know who they are. What do y'all feel about her putting that that guy's business out there? And do you think that that's a I told you so, or do you shouldn't have done that kind of moment? Like, I mean, how do y'all feel about that situation? And do you feel that these I women feel like should she shouldn't have did it? I just feel like she shouldn't have did it, you know? I mean, I felt like she should have just minded her business. And, uh, you know, no shade, but I felt like she would have lived today had she just yeah, kept yeah. her mouth shut because, you know, we don't know the, the truth behind the story. But, you know, the yeah. fact of the matter is, is, you know, well, Twala says she heard that the girl did that to multiple people. This actually yep, is the first person she has blackmailed. So, you know, with that mm-hmm. being said, this this it seemed like this was like a pattern for her to get what she wanted. And, you know, those type of people I just don't agree with, it. you know, agree right. with doing stuff like that. I feel like if you if you were set out to, to like, protect others versus it being just a motive, then it is, I mean, I guess I, I could consider it, I guess, but to know that this is a person that, that does this all the time to people to get what she wants, it's like you had to have known your time was coming eventually. And I also feel, you know, you're a mother. You really right. should have stuff like that and took consideration. I had a friend named Brandy that died like that. Uh, she was actually the one that got burnt up in the park at, at Northwest Park, over here by Northwest High School, just at the wrong place mm. at the wrong time, being with somebody that was out here exposing down lows. And, you know, she ended up coming up missing for a couple of days and come to find out she was burnt up in the truck. So it's just like, and, you know, she had kids. Mm. So, you know, with that being it, she was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. She didn't even have nothing to do with that. But I'm just saying, you yeah. see how other people actions, can, you know, you can pay for other people's actions even when you don't have nothing to do with it. So just imagine how the person that does it, that has something to do with it, that set out for a motive, you know what I mean? Look how they get their right. consequences and repercussions. It's just crazy. You got to be careful with that stuff. Well, you know, I don't wish bad on anybody. But I sat there and went on YouTube, and I watched the whole thing and how it played out, and she was on there. It was you you all, the way that she was talking about them, and she said, now, you're going to give me some money because I'm exposed you and all that, you all mm-hmm. stuff like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that was, mm-hmm. it was crazy. I don't know if you guys watched the YouTube clip, but I did. Yeah, it I, was, think, I did that video. Yeah, Nick and Night. Yeah, Nick and Night. Wow. Broke it down real yes, good. it was crazy. And she was talking about 
Y'all girls in Indianapolis need to watch out. Sit y'all, this stuff been going mm-hmm. on for years, baby. Your men being tipping yeah. out for you, and they know it. And you don't need to, mm-hmm. you don't need to do all that. <laughs> right. And my thing is, my do. thing is. And some of these women, and some of these women know what they men be doing. And don't care. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. They like that freaky stuff. Don't put that stuff on all that stuff happened down on the eight in the ATL. I've heard the video she's talking about yep. all this stuff go down in the ATL. This stuff ain't had girl, this stuff been going on here. Girl, what 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 the fuck where the hell you been? Like like seriously. Right. Like I just that's, don't that's understand. My thing thing with this whole scenario is mental health is real, period. You don't know know what people's mindset is, whether somebody's Mm -hmm. on the down low or somebody cheating on their spouse or, or, or doing something that they ain't got no business. People will kill you to keep secrets. Yes. Yep. Yep. And you cannot play with people. You cannot test people's mental health. Do I think she was her her way about doing it was completely wrong, completely wrong. Like like Chan said, if you were trying to protect somebody, say like if I knew something was going on that Chan may have a, a possibility of being involved in, then I'm gonna go to Chan and say, hey, cause blah 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 blah. Boom. I'm not gonna go on social media. And be like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to expose you, blah, blah, blah. You ask for $5,000. They will take your life in to give you $5,000. Right. But they, but they said that she should have did her homework on them dudes. They they were really about that life. Why would you do that? Like, for one, I mean, my, for you one, I was did it, man. She was What I'm saying knows. is, y'all, let me say this. Let me say this, y'all. I get so tired of these women, these women trying to, and this this is what kills me, like, some of these women out here trying to pull, like, they about women's empowerment and trying to help out their sisters and stuff like that. Oh, girl, you trying to masquerade behind the fact that you trying to empower other women. Girl, you trying to come up. That, you know, and you just get what you get. I'm not saying it was right that they killed her, but you cannot sit here and and think that you are not going to read what you saw. Like you just can't do that. I just I'm sorry. I'm not saying she just you know don't like deserve to get killed over, but you can't be surprised for every action. Like lovely T say all the time, Twala. I know you know lovely T. Lovely T always say on her channel for every action there's a reaction, and you, you can't dictate what somebody's action is going to be. Exactly. You, exactly. Yep. I, I used to tell my kids that, be like, just because you hit somebody, that don't mean they're going to hit you back. They may just bust your whole face in. You. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, 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 can't, you can't do that. Yeah. Right. So, I just wanted to but touch yeah. on that because that was a real, that, that story made national headlines. All the, I mean, the kids who talking about the story, they were really talking about their story. Oh, yeah. That's why I said the puzzle wasn't making sense at first. Yeah. And what's so bad is there's another female out there tipping with this individual. So, what? Nothing was resolved. But you know what? Some people will overlook that stuff, and it even goes back to the church. Some of these first ladies 
or some of these uh, these women that are married to these preachers, they know that they husbands be out here sleeping with other men, and they they don't care. They don't care because they they want that first lady status. They want that money. They want the prestige. I ain't trying to go Andrew Caldwell in this, but I gotta say this: Andrew Caldwell got on his live, and you, and I'm just saying, you got anything that you gotta take it with a grain of salt. What he said because you don't he lies so much. He said when he was out here, quote unquote, tipping and dipping, he said he would be sleeping with the women's pastors. He said it was a mega church pastor. He didn't say who it was, but you can eliminate how many mega churches are in Atlanta. He said that the man would fly him in from St. Louis like a couple times a month. He would be sitting up there next to the first lady and doing all this stuff. And the first lady pulled him to the side talking about, I got to ask you something. Are you still with my husband? And he was kind of sitting there and asked, I mean, the answer. And she says, you know what? It's all right. I just want to know because I have bills I need to pay. And I'm not trying to give up this money. So I just want to know what's going on. Because if you sleep with, your, with my husband, that, I just, I, yeah. So some of these women know that these men are out here. So all this stuff talking about these women don't know and this, that, and the other. Women's intuition is a very powerful thing. You're not going to sit here and tell mm-hmm. me that you don't know that your man is laying up with another man. First of all, some of these men that be out here sleeping and tipping around doing this stuff part-time, they don't know nothing about being clean and hygiene. You should know come back home, he's smelling like a pile of manure. You should know that he's been laying up with some other man. I'm sorry. I'm yep. sorry. I ain't trying to be explicit, but you should know something ain't right with your man. These women always come out. I got gaydar and can point out a gay man and this, that, and the other. Why, why is it any different about your man that's laying up to your body? You can't tell your man that's sleeping with somebody else. Now, you know, I'm saying, I ain't, I ain't trying to start no mess, but I'm just saying. I ain't trying to start no mess. But yeah, that's why I said this is, and it's taboo, but yet it's acceptable. Yeah. And that's what's so crazy about it. It's like, how can something be so frowned upon, but yet it's condoned all in the same sentence? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what, don't. My my thing is don't put them people in the same category that's out here being honest and truthful and upfront about who they and what they are. Don't I don't want to align with that. Right. I don't want to be compared to that because I'm not out here deceiving people. I'm not out here uh, tipping and dipping and, and peeping and hiding and slipping and sliding. So I don't want to be in that category. Them people yep. are in a whole different category by themselves. I'm just saying. Um, we got a caller ending in um six two six five. Um I'm gonna go to the lines and see if they have anything to say or if they have comments or questions. Um, Hi, uh I was just listening. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, really didn't have anything to say until the person talked about <laughs> these preachers. I'm so glad that 
Church. All these churches have been shut down. Letting God sort them out. Shut them down. And and I and I hope that on the other side of this, they don't open back up. We need some new voices, new blood. And, you know, you can say, oh, well, everybody is not bad. You know, you take a barrel of apples that are rotten. It might be one or two good apples in the barrel. But you ain't got time to be picking through that rotten barrel of apples. You just throw the whole barrel out. And the ones that are good will roll away, separate themselves from the bad ones. But we don't have no more time as a black community to pick through a bunch of rotten-ass preachers. That's just the way I feel. They, they do, you know. And, and you know, you know, you know that that something's rotten in Denmark <laughs> because our communities everywhere look the same, packed with churches, and everywhere, everywhere, every community, every black community that's packed with churches, you see nothing but stark raving poverty and liquor. Now, you go to a black community. I live in a very upscale community. There are no churches in our community. But we go to a church that, you know, and I'm even glad that one got shut down. I ain't no respect of them. Shut them all down because we need to we need to sort them out, and that's how we going I believe we can, you know, the good one from the bad can be sorted out. I don't have nothing against God and none of that kind of stuff. Right. But I just don't think that these churches and these preachers rotten. I mean rotten. <laughs> Y'all are going to yeah, I was just listening. I didn't really want to say anything to who. I don't know who it was that said something about preachers, but you just, you know, touched the nerve with that one. So I just so listen. My thing so, is, you're saying shut. You're saying oh, shut the whole church down. Yeah, I'm saying shut it all down. It ain't doing no okay. good anyway. But then, okay. but then you're saying here, shut it down. Here. Then you're saying reopen it. What are you saying? I'm, I'm saying on the other side of this coronavirus, while the coronavirus is, is uh, oh. we are quarantined, we're going to get a chance to see, we're we getting a chance to reevaluate everything. And I oh, believe yeah. that on oh, the yeah, other yeah. side of this, that. that the true lights are going to be able to speak and be. And, you know, I just think that this is putting us, giving us a chance to really evaluate a lot of stuff. So that's what I'm really saying. I'm not saying. This is where you okay. have to. Okay, this is where no. you have to be spiritual and carnal minded all in the same way. Mm-hmm. So okay. here's here's the scenario: the churches start to open back up. People start to go to church. This is about to be the biggest tip game you've ever seen in your life. Oh yeah. This is about to be okay. the biggest tip game you've ever seen in your life. This is mm-hmm. where the devil is going to find his way in, and he's going to ruin whatever good could possibly come from this if we allow it. But we as a people mm-hmm. will allow it. I don't think we are. I think that, no. that we as a no. people we get a chance to take a breath. And, and, and I don't think that not. no devils. Can, We're can not. ruin good. I don't. I don't people, follow that logic. 
No, I think the thing. that here, that here's good here's is thing. good, and I think that because good. we've been flooded and saturated with so much rot, we haven't had a chance to see the little good. And I think that, for example, this is breaking and bankrupting all these pimps. It's bankrupt. No, and, and this is, a lot and of them not going to open because of just finances, and a lot of them going to uh, see. See, they done made a lot of people mad. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. If people don't start, if people don't start studying their Bibles, this is all in vain. Okay. If people don't start studying their Bible for themselves, see, we as a black people have built the church as that is our religion. We're not saved unless we're in church. You're not saved unless you went to church, unless you went to Tuesday Bible study, Wednesday prayer meeting, Thursday Saints meeting, Friday BDW. You know what I'm saying? If you went inside of a church building, you were not you were not considered saved. You didn't know Christ. People have not built a relationship with God. This is what that's my happen. point right there. That's what I'm but talking about. What you just it. said. What people you just are not said. Doing it because you want to know why people are not doing it? Because they're too busy hanging out at West Montgomery Park in the middle of the day with all their three and four year old kids. They're too busy hanging out at Riverside Park at three or four o'clock in the afternoon with their kids instead of being at home homeschooling their kids and teaching their kids and talking to their kids and dealing with their households. This is bigger than a church. My God. Mm-hmm. My God today. I tell you. This I tell is you. bigger than religion. I'll, I'll even go far as this. The Bible says study the word for yourself. That, and that's what I was going to get at. I was going to say, yeah, I want to hear eight nine five four. Go ahead. Can I say this in Exodus fifteen twenty six? And I'm not trying to, I'm not pushing Bible on nobody here, but this is what it says. And can I say it? Can I say it to you all? In go Exodus ahead. fifteen twenty six. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, go ahead. What he said. He said, if you listen carefully to thy voice of the Lord. Your God and Jew is right and keep my commands and keep. Are y'all with me? Mm-hmm. Keep mm-hmm. my commands. Yes. And keep all the statutes uh, and the decrees. He said, I will not put on you any of the diseases that I have put on the Egyptians, but I am the God that has healed you. He said, you got to keep his commandments. And it's a creed. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't do that. I'm not trying to throw Bible, you know, on there. But, but he said, I'm not going to put any diseases on you. That's Bible. Mm-hmm. You have to read it for mm-hmm. yourself. That's it. So, Wait, I'm just saying, saying, you know, saying. It, 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 it even has to make me open up my eyes. This stuff is going on now. And I'm glad because the guy said it. I have opened up my eyes to a lot of things now. Spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, all of that stuff. But this ain't no joke. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm done. All right. We are, we are the small minority. We're the small minority. A lot of people have mm-hmm. not become awakened to what is really going on. Mm-hmm. 
Because they think it's a joke, like Seneca said. They thinking it's a joke. Right. Yes, it's a joke. All right, y'all. I want to move on. I have one more thing I want to cover before we end. Um, somebody's a minute, y'all. Somebody is somebody got some real bad feedback. I don't know if, some, if somebody's trying to listen to the show at the same time. Whatever, but if you can, uh, can you cut that down? Because we're getting really bad feedback in the background. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's bad. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, Clark's sister, I mean, the movie review. And I want to tie it into the entire uh, the Madden C.J. Walker movie as well, because I kind of feel that when we're dealing with certain um, stories that are dealing with iconic um, black um, either historical figures or we're dealing with um, wait a minute you guys hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I kind of feel that we need to be careful on how we portray these stories and how we execute these stories when we're portraying them to the public. Now, um, I was watching the Clark uh, Sisters movie that was executed by um, Lifetime Movie Channel. And overall, I would say I was very impressed with how um, the movie was executed and how it was carried out. I think that um, that... Mary J. Blige, Missy Elliott, and, and the whole team of people that were responsible in creating this production did a wonderful job. Um, I'm going to put everybody on mute for a minute, minute so I can finish what I, saying what I got to say because I can't hear myself. Wait a minute. Um, pretty much, I, I just wanted to say that the movie was well executed, but I feel that with the entire Clark sisters uh, family dynamic, I feel that there were things that was left out of this movie. I feel that there were holes that weren't filled because certain things they went into detail in the movie explaining, and then certain things, they seem like they kind of glazed right over it. You know, and um, Brittany, I'm going to bring you because we watched this last night. And I feel that there were some things that were missing out of that family dynamic. And um, in, the, in the movie kind of had a positive negative kind of feel to it. Because although, you know, uh, Maddie Moss Clark, she she really was really strict on them girls. It kind of teaches you, no matter how strict you are on your kids, sometimes that can be to their detriment because we saw how Denise Clark was portrayed in the movie and how she went astray. And then the one that she tried to keep under her thumb and tried to shelter and baby the most, Twinkie, she pushed her away. So it kind of showed the dynamic that no matter how much you try to shelter your kids and raise them up in the church and try to keep them away from X, Y, and Z, sometimes they can backfire on you. Now, as far as the family dynamic, I feel that um, there were some things that 
were unanswered to me in the movie. Um, I feel that the whole situation with Denise Clark, there's still some hidden animosity between these sisters even to this day. Because if you pay attention to some of the interviews that have been done, even up to this very day, they kind of tiptoe around the um, the issue of the family dynamic as far as Denise Clark. Um, as you guys know, uh, all the all the daughters were Clarks except Jackie, but um, she was the more outspoken one, and this even showed in the movie. Now, uh, I'm gonna unmute you. Okay. Yeah, Aisha, I'm, I'm a, um, yeah, okay. Okay. Um, I feel I feel that there was some a lot of holes in the movie. Like it was like they were trying to cover up. They wanted to give people enough to where they had a little bit more information um, before you know coming out of the movie. But I feel that they were still trying to cover up some family secrets because it's been well spoken, you know, in the among in circles even the Kojic circles and the gospel music, that family is very private and they and very obvious that they sweep things under the rug. And mm-hmm. I feel that this movie, I feel that that is very well displayed. I, I just feel like they really go into details on a lot of things. Like, for example, the whole situation with Twinkie and her divorce from her husband. They really didn't go into details about uh, what happened to that divorce. They kind of gave you some background, but it's just like they rushed into that really quick. And then at the funeral of Maddie Moss Clark, it just seemed they tried to paint uh, Denise out like she was the villain. And there were some people that I even noticed followed um, some of the reviews. They were saying it's kind of funny that, all of those sisters were light skinned, light complected, but you put the I don't say the villain, but the one that was kind of like the the outcast as dark skin, kind of like, like uh sexually uh what's what's the word I'm looking for? Promiscuous and out the there. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, you mm-hmm. made her look like it, it, it almost turned into a colorist thing, I feel. And I feel that all the other sisters were accurately prayed. Like, it, it was almost like they had a say in who played them and this, that, and the other because uh, the people that they had playing them looked just like the characters, looked like them in real life. But Denise doesn't look like anything. And I, I, I don't have her name who played her. Um, let me see if I can pull that up. But she looked. Denise Clark and it was just like it was almost like she probably had little or no input on what happened in this movie and I, and to me I just feel like it was very one sided it was very much like they it, it was just like they were all ganging up on her and I feel like I have questions leaving that movie but I wonder did she have any input in the production of this movie you know what I'm saying? Because it seemed like they really kind of slandered her reputation, but that's my personal opinion. And um, I think that after I think that after this movie, you're probably going to hear from her or her son. You guys, hey, yeah. 
she it, look on the YouTube clip. She came on YouTube and she said she didn't have any input in that movie. She said it's a what? Clip with Denise, it's a clip on there with Denise Clark talking about the movie and how it's been, you know, portrayed and stuff. You gotta you gotta type it in. Just type in. I think Denise talks about the movie. She and she tells she didn't have any input in it. She's upset about it. Oh wow. wow. Yes, it's on YouTube. I've seen it. So check it out. And, and I knew it. I, I, and I, I knew it. I told you the, the interview with Willie Moore Jr. last night, he asked them, he asked, I think it was Dorinda and Karen, I believe it was. He talked to them last night, and you could have heard a mouse piss on cotton when he asked, you know, what your relationship is with Denise. And they're like, oh, um, yeah. yeah, we we, our arms are extended out to her, and every family has disagreements. You know, the whole mm-hmm. BS. Go on YouTube also. and look at it. That's crazy. That's crazy. Find yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm, so maybe I'm, I'm a little confused. I, yeah. Because I'm still just trying to figure out what exactly is it? Is it is it because she was the one that spoke up the most as far as Wanting to live her well, I understand the lifestyle of what she was doing, and also being a part of the group. But I'm trying to figure out what is it that is that bad that you don't have a relationship with your sister after all of these years. Is it is it just the music, or is there something else? Because to me, I just I, I don't know if I could. I don't I don't know if I could just hold a grudge that long and that bad over my like I feel like there's something else that that's not being told to us because I'm like from what I've seen and just from what I know I just I don't think that there's there's a big piece missing of why they cannot seem to be able to have a relationship with her my my question was, because like Seneca just said, there was only one that wasn't a Clark. Are we sure that there was only one that wasn't a Clark? Ooh. Yeah, that's true, too. And, you know, the thing that got me, too, and the one that wasn't the Clark, she still kept that job as a nurse. The mother never said nothing about her. Oh, well, you can't do this, you can't do that. But then mm-hmm. Twinkie gave up her, uh, her uh, what, to go to... Uh, How? Howard University. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But you never see the mother say anything. I mean, it's it, it, so, it is. It do make you think. Girl, and so were songs for Lincoln Continental. Yeah, Wait. yeah. But you know they said yeah. that she eventually got her rights back. I was reading several people in the comp because I seen a clip of that it, before that movie came out. And uh, people were saying she did eventually in the 90s get bought, bought her uh, rights back, but she had to pay a lot of money to get that back. Um, wow. She somehow got it back, but that's, I don't know the uh, accurate that is, but my thing is it was just so much going on. And I'm going to tell you, like, with them growing up in Detroit, and just the whole, the scene in Detroit, like, it's already uh, kind of kind of shady, kind of nefarious thing, and even the church scene up there, I've heard like, that whole family of the Shears and the Clarks and stuff, that's a lot of stuff that they, you just don't speak on. You don't speak bad on their name up there, because 
yeah, you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it like that. You don't play around with the Clarks. So well, you see, I feel right. that, see I feel that there's the a story? lot of stuff. I feel that there's a lot of stuff that they did not want out in that movie, and they want to give you just enough to make it. You know what I'm saying? They did because I feel like there, there's some there's some more to it. Like I just feel that there, there's some more shade. There's some more dirt, and it's not came to the surface. I just, I just feel like they are they were holding back in this movie. It was a good movie overall, but I feel that um this this movie could have been a part one and part two. That's how I feel about it. Like because there was a lot of stuff that like even leading up to uh Dr. Maddie Moss Clark's death, it just seemed like they rushed from her getting sick to funeral. It just and then just the whole uh, blow up at the funeral between Karen Clark and the other sisters and Denise Clark, I just kind of feel that it, yeah, it's something it's not adding up. Like, that's just my opinion. Like, there is some some more stuff that happened, um, some more secrets that were not being revealed, and I don't feel that they did that did her right um, by not including her into that. Because how are you going to have a, a story about the Clark? But you don't have all their input on that. And that's what I'm saying about a lot of these historical movies that they do on um, particularly black, iconic, um, um, you know, people in history. Because I said that. I said that about the Madam C.J. Walker movie. um, Yeah. The series. Excuse me. Because I I don't know how factual this is um, because it's coming from one person so it's like you know like you said to make a movie you know to make a four part series and make it interesting for people to go from one to two to th- two to three to three to four you have to right. add some, some spark to it so I think that's what they did to the Madam C.J. Walker movie you know, they, but, they added some fuel to it. But I think it was done I think it was very tacky how they executed. And I just feel like a lot of people were saying like there was enough in her life that factual things that happened in her life that actually took place to where they didn't even need to have to go that route. You see what I'm saying? Yep. And they to literally me, went from her they literally went from her Building her empire to finding out she was sick to dying, and that and that there was nothing in between. Wow. You know there was really nothing in between. Like you know, like I said, they made it a point. They kept fueling on, and that's one thing that I really hate about movies that that have the undertone of of people being gay or whatever, because. They harped on that storyline. Very subtle, but they harped on it. Yeah. They kept showing her daughter. Yeah. They kept showing her daughter with this woman. Nobody ever really knew who this woman was. But they kept showing her taking interest in different women. But they wouldn't ever, you know, like delve off into it, but they would always show her, oh, she was giggling with, you know, a new girl on the, on the scene or whatever. And then she was having dinner with another girl later on in the next part. 
and then she's holding hands with this girl, and then her mother just so happens to come in and see it, and now she's in an uproar about it. I I was wondering is is this is I think more of an agenda being pushed. Like me and Jonathan were talking about it, and I'm I'm all about inclusivity. I'm all about uh, us being open as a society, but I feel that the powers to be, and I don't even think it's the, the, the color, it's the LGBT community. I feel that the mainstream LGBT community are trying to push this narrative out here and trying to push this on the public. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't yep. feel that a lot of people are saying that it wasn't, wasn't factual. So why are y'all trying to force that puzzle piece into you know, y'all trying to trying to make something fit into this story or this narrative that fit, and and it's really starting to turn people off, and it's and it's having that opposite effect because a lot of people are starting to see that it's like y'all trying to push this stuff, and then you have Tiffany Haddish, old hood rat ass, and and they may not go there on her too hard because I respect her hustle. I respect where she came from and how she worked her way up because, but I just feel that she belonged in something serious as Madam C.J. Walker. And then y'all try to incorporate the whole thing of colorism into this uh, series, and it's just like, no. Yeah, because like I said, even in the movie, it wasn't until the very end of the movie that we understand the, uh, what's her name, Annabelle, Annabelle, whatever her name was, the, the the first lady that did the initial hair care product. We didn't understand her story until the end. Right. And even then, if you wasn't paying attention, you didn't get it. Yeah. Because now at the end of the movie, there's this older black lady that's in like this dark room talking to her. I was talking about, hey, you know, you haven't sent any money this month. And come to find out, you know, like you said, the colorism thing, here it is, this fair-skinned, curly-haired woman out here pushing hair care products for black women. Mm-hmm. But she she's claiming this heritage, you know, that she's, you know, she's of this, this nature, and you know, she's got good hair and blah blah blah. But you're a product. One, you're a product of a rape. Two, you're a product of a slave master. Your mother is black as an ace of spades. I mean, you know what I'm saying. So, this whole image that you tried to portray was to try to throw shadow over who you really were. Mm-hmm. Because your product, she she felt like that her product wouldn't sell if people knew that she was of mixed race. Mm. So she had to keep that secret. Well, I had a question real quick. I wanted to ask, Chan, are you still online? I think they probably dropped. Let me see who else is on here. Okay. Because I wanted to send, uh, somebody sent me the picture of these panties with this uh, mask. And I need to send yeah, I need, yeah. Wait a minute. I'm send wait a minute, y'all. Let me send this uh eight nine five four. I'm sending this to you real quick. Wait a minute. You about you about to fall out. Wait a minute, you about to fall out. 
we in the after show now. This is we, we done with the show, but this is like the after after show. But uh, I want I got to send this real quick because y'all about to fall out. Wait a minute. So I can't even show this on, honey. I probably get blocked on Facebook to show this on. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna this all the way back. But yeah, these this yeah that movie um there was a lot of things in there I just didn't I didn't yeah it was a lot of questions I had even that movie and uh, I don't know I just thought. I didn't know if it was just me that felt that way, but I just I just kind of felt that it it it, it kind of put the family in a good light. But then again, a lot of people were starting to give them the side eye because I've been reading a lot of reviews and looking at a lot of reviews, and a lot of people are kind of giving them the side eye as far as Clark sisters is concerned. You know. Well, you see what you see what Karen did to her son when he tried to enter into the music industry and he went straight secular. They shunned him for everything it was worth. Yeah. Mhm. I remember that. They, they sure did. They shunned him like he wasn't like he was no longer part of the family. And then you know, Kiera, you know, she kind of went rose there for a minute, but they didn't really shun her. Yeah. They kind of let her, you know, just do her thing. Kind of do what she want. Her. Yeah, cause she she got she got on the edge there. She yeah, was yeah. got on the oh, edge okay. there. <laughs> Yeah, she was edgy there. And like I said, you mm-hmm. can see that they had a play in it because now everybody else was chosen, every actor and actress or whatever was chosen for this movie, but then Kiera gets chosen to play her mother. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, okay. 331, did you get that text? about it and this is what I was um it's so funny that they was all brought up to church and this that and the other and they were so saved and sanctimonious but they can even get along with the people they own and people in their household. Mm-hmm. All that turmoil and all that hell Honey. <laughs> what kind of mask is this? <laughs> Woo! Well, first off, who would even want to put that on their face? Oh, yeah, they, they, yeah, they say they say desperate times lead desperate measures. I guess. Sure, ain't nothing that desperate. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. But yeah, like I said, it it will amaze you. You know, That's I, I've, I've learned. Being in the, you know, in the, the quote-unquote gospel industry and, and being around different people or whatever, you'll be amazed at some of this stuff. you be like, what? Yeah. But, you know, right. you know, like I said, I, I ain't one, but, you know, I've, I've, I've never been to a culture convention, and I don't think I would ever go because – 
just from what I hear about them, I mm. it ain't my party. It ain't my party. Uh, <laughs> honey, all that, all that switching and swapping and, and oof. I said, honey, that's definitely not. This is definitely not the year to be going to college, honey, because you're gonna catch more than the COVID. You gonna get the right. You you gonna you go right. You gonna get that church cancer. That's where I'm some new people. That's why I said I just be like, you know, I'm like I said, I'm glad that this is, you know, made me more just aware of everything. It doesn't make you see that everybody's not perfect. You know what I'm saying? These people ain't yep. perfect. They, you know, and, and they got issues just for everybody else. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's why I said yep. people, they want to preach to everybody else and everything else, but they they only got their own family business. Right? That's why I, that's that's why there's anymore. It's just you just gotta live your life to the fullest. Do what you can do. You can't. Worry about what people saying, saying what everybody else is doing because everybody else got their own struggles. You know, you can't look at nobody. Yeah, you can't look at anybody as a model anything because everybody, you know, has their own struggles. So that's the and biggest thing I, I take away from it. People are human at the end of the day, you know, and I believe like this: if you don't believe in yourself, if you can't look to yourself for guidance. Looking to somebody else ain't gonna help you because right. you see on the outside, you don't know the hell that they go through to present that face. That's why mm-hmm. that's why we get let down by all these celeb, you know, when people, you know, these these celebrities and all this, that, and the third, and then all of a sudden you hear something about them and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe blah blah blah. You know, that's why I say, that's why I'm not. Surprised about the whole debacle with the, the the monarchy, you know, Prince Harry and and Meghan Markle. Mm. He's been rogue since he's been rogue since day one. Since his mama died, you ain't telling him nothing. You know what I'm saying? He gonna do whatever he wants to, and he wasn't he wasn't marching to the Queen's beat no more. He said, "I'm out of here." You know, and that just and I think that was that was another thing they they you know. They're they're another family that has a lot of secrets, and you know what's behind the queen's walls is behind the queen's walls, and you know he kind of went rogue, and they're like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. they're like, hey, we got a rogue. This one done crossed the gun yeah. line. You know what I'm saying? Like, they nervous. <laughs> oh my goodness. But but yeah, so like I said, it's just I don't know. Mm-hmm. To me, I I stay focused on what goes on here at this here address and whatever goes okay. on outside them doors. Ain't got nothing to do with Aisha. <laughs> As my mama used I to know say, that's real. Metlin is the I'm, number one cause of death. Honey, and, and, and honey, Metlin is these times you're gonna be honey. You're gonna get more than what you bargained for. <laughs> ain't that it? You don't stop knocking on people's doors. You don't know what's behind it, though. Better leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's a boogeyman, baby. Uh, uh, folks, it's crazy. I ain't got time for it. And, you know, that's one of my fields of, of, of line of work is mental health. And yeah. 
and people don't know what just happened, so I'm going to enlighten y'all on this. So back in the day, when, when they closed Central State, they did kind of what you call a phase-out. Yeah. Where if you were medicated and you seemed to be doing okay, you had a family member that was willing to take you in, they put you out. Mm. They released yeah, all those people to the they released all those people onto the streets, i.e., yeah. still fast forward, all the people that are struggling, that are older, still struggling with mental health and addiction. Well, that mm-hmm. just happened again, and they did it real quietly. And don't nobody really, ain't nobody really paid attention to it. So you know, Larue Carter is no longer on Coldplay Road. Really, Larue Carter is no longer on Coldplay Road. LaRue Carter is now called uh, NRI, NRI, N something. It's right mm. here off of 16th and Ritter. It is now part of community. It is a new building that they constructed right at the corner of 16th and Ritter. They did another phase out, but they did it so quietly that people didn't even see it happening. Mm. Yeah, because people don't make a big to do about it because that's a big thing now. People take health more seriously today, and they the people been asking more questions. You know, problems. So that's they, a, they did another rollout. If you were medicated and you had not caused any issues, or you know you had family that was willing to take you in for that one month check or whatever. You know, everybody's all well and good to take Cousin Pete in. Because Cousin Pete Mm-mm. got nine hundred dollars coming in a month. Well, well Cousin Pete now won't his money. It's six months later. <laughs> she ain't playing with y'all. <laughs> yeah, the so state contracted that out with community. Um yeah. part of it was because when I was working in corrections we was having that problem because once they closed all the state hospitals, they didn't have nowhere to send people with mental illnesses. So they were sending them to correctional facilities, but correctional facilities are not mental health facilities. So then when Ruth Carter was becoming an issue because they felt like they're more for long-term serious mental health, and a lot of these people were just having their minor haven't been taking their medication, so they might have these one or two episodes. So it was in between of the state trying to figure out what do we do with these people. Mm-hmm. And it was a long back and forth, so they ended up contracting it out. And the state's good for that, honey. They'll contract out real quick, right on under the table, and you don't know nothing about it. Don't know that the public don't know nothing about it anyway. Yeah. You know, down they don't tell you nothing about it. This is a nice day. It's really doing something nice with community. And you find out they done put all the crazies over here on this block. I said, oh, oh, that's what y'all do. Yeah, it's for short term. Mm-hmm. Now, they do still have LaRue Carter off of Cold Spring, but it's mm-hmm. for its purposes of long term. But what they get mm-hmm. out there in com- a community is for short term. So for like your people that go off their medication and can't get their medication and you know, they mm-hmm. need to be helped for a couple of days. They send them right on up there to community. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 I got another topic. We got we to gotta do another show. Oh, uh, we gonna, we going to probably do... Uh, gentrification uh, with, is... Don't nobody see it. You said what? 
gentrification, gentrification. Is, now, is, is now at its highest peak and it's at its finest. Yes. And this is a bad time for this to be happening. Because I wrote down Riverside. How you putting two hundred thousand dollar homes in Riverside? Ooh, honey, they come. <laughs> How you putting two hundred thousand dollars homes on Kent Street? What y'all doing? Do y'all notice that White River has become the new North Side? Mm. Like never <laughs> in the history, it, it's going back to and see, and that's why people. That's why I tell people: if you don't read, you don't know. Because people don't realize people run around here. Oh, I'm from Hallville, and I'm Hallville, and I'm this, and I'm that. But you don't know the history of Hallville. Mm. Hallville was a Slovenian town. It was nothing but affluential white people. Then they got started having families. They was like, oh, we can move up north. We can get us a house, and, you know, two dogs, a cat, and a pool. You know, we're going we gonna to take our money up north, and we're going to go up north. So that's what they did. They all mm-hmm. left and went up north. They moved all the black people off of Lockfield, out of Lockfield, and off the avenue, brought them to the project. Because Harvey wasn't a project before him. It wasn't. It just it became that. So now what has happened is the people that all moved up north, they got the four kids, two dogs, a cat, and a pool, no longer have the four kids. They got one dog, and the cat just ran away, and they don't like the pool no more. It's too big for them. They old. So now what we're going to do is, hey, we're going to move back west. We're going to buy your property. Now, Mabel been living on 10th Street for 9,000 years. Her house probably worth about $2.72. They only going to offer her a dollar. They going to offer her that dollar twice. Now, the third time they come, they going to tell you that we're taking it. Because your house is now in the path of redevelopment. Yeah. That's called eminent domain. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, I watched that. Wait a minute. Hey, 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 because cause that's almost like, what's that clip uh, where that guy was in the jail talking about, we can do this the easy way, or we can do this the hard way. He said, I want you, and I got to have you. <laughs> and that's how the eminent domain is. And that's why I said, and I said, and don't nobody else realize, and, and like I said, I grew up in Hallville. That was, that was my neighborhood. I grew up on Hall Street. That, that's my hood. But I said, y'all been lied to so much out there. This is one of the reasons why I'm not in such a big hurry to move back west. Because yeah. I, I feel like everything that was told to me as I was growing up was all a lie. Yeah. Because every program in the city of Indianapolis, has gotten the up. Which one is that? Even the east side. Even the east so side has gotten up. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's bad. I, I see. But then you go on the Kroger. Now that you know, everybody know how small that Kroger is on Michigan Street. 
But you done put four U scan lines in there. Why? And I, I, why, why? Brittany, just, Brittany just dropped off. She was at her. Somebody, is that Crocodile Crow Coast closing? And is that on Michigan When is it closed? I don't know. I heard rumors say that they're going to close that program up. They I don't know if that's they done, moved, they done moved the family dollar down by White River. Oh, what? What? It's on Michigan. It's right there. Michigan and not Tremont, but like the next block over. Oh, they got a nice little fancy soiree down there. Mm. But they put it down. I was just putting it so right there, though. Well, well, you know they got those singers. That's a mess. Look, when I tell you, and I was like, I remember going to the meetings at the Crystal Moore House. Oh, we're going to beautify Hallville, and we're going to rebuild the store, and we're going to do all this, that, and the third, and yep. Yeah, but the question is. I'm about to be 41, and I'm still waiting on the dream. Oh, they're going to do it, but the question is, is for who? Right. Because they telling y'all that, but they're they getting to tell you the, the important piece of it. Who Who's going to be around to benefit from it? Because and where are they going to put push the people out that's been in that community? And that's the thing about gentrification. We don't think about that. We don't think about that, for one, that culture being pushed out. And then, say, for instance, you got somebody that has that house, that, that have paid for their house, that had their property for years, and you pushing these people out to where? These people yep. have paid their house off. A lot of these people are senior citizens, some people that own their homes or whatever. They don't they, – they own a fixed income. You know what I'm saying? So yep. it's like you're pushing these people out to where? Yeah, it's, it, it, I'm telling you, it is so much that is going on that I just see, you know. That's why I just try to, you know, I try to talk to my kids and, you know, I push for my, like, you know, I try to push for my kids to, you know, just pursue something outside of this crazy city. Yeah. It, it ain't nothing here for you. It really ain't nothing ain't. nowhere for you, but. Like I said, if I could do it all over again, stayed in in the Carolinas where I was, but I came back home. And sometimes, hmm. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, what? I said we gonna, I'm gonna have to get my little notebook back out, and we gonna have, I'm gonna have to write down my little <laughs> topics. I'll text it to you and tell you, be like, look, cause cause you know, I'm, right, cause I'm we, honey, we, like I said, this is the perfect time to get this show back up because. Hey, we ain't. Hey, we about to be doing nothing for a minute. Boy, it's and, about to be a lot. Right, and and like I was, and like I said, to you, this is the best time for people to be. I said this is good because people sitting still. Yep. You got nothing. You got to sit still, and mm-hmm. this is the best time to catch people and educate people because they ain't got nothing, nowhere else to go. You can't be running here and there. I mean, this has been a good thing for me too because it's caused me to sit down and be still for one. And I want to say to you, one, happy birthday. Two, congratulations on the move. I'm so happy. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to talk. I had to talk to you about that offline because you know, I, you know, I, we are we record yeah, stuff. I'm, I'm glad, like I said, I'm I'm glad about it. I just want you to let you know. You know, I'm always you know I'm always sending my support for you. You know, I'm always trying. If I don't talk to you every day, I try to at least just you know hit you up and be like, hey, cuz, thinking about you. Hey, cuz, you know, I'm proud yeah. of you. So, you know, it is what it is. But I'm about to sign off because I got to be at work in the morning. Right, okay, dude. You know, we we do this every time. We be the last ones on this thing on peace. Okay, that's all right. Peace. Peace. Right. <laughs> all right, cousin, I love you, and I will talk to you again. So I'll probably call you tomorrow. Okay, please. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. All right. All right.